It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at MIDI Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome back to another edition of the 49ers Brawl podcast. I am your host, JBB. You can follow me on Twitter at JBBFootball.com and sharing the carries to break down the 49ers' win over the Patriots, as always, is JD. You can follow him on Twitter, at TV. JD, here we go. A big win, 33-6. The biggest home loss for the Patriots in the Belichick era. How are you feeling? This, I'm having a hard time kind of wrapping my mind around the fact that these 49ers that we've watched the last two weeks beat up on the Los Angeles Rams and just completely dismantled the New England Patriots somehow managed to lose to Philadelphia and Miami. I don't understand it, but here we are right after this Niners, uh, you know, destroying the New England Patriots game. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm done. I'm done trying to make sense of it. I don't care. The Niners <laughs> are back and I'm feeling good. It's beautiful. It just it felt like the team was properly back together. Um, the way it was, it was it was a joy to watch. I agree with you. It feels crazy that this team lost to the to the Eagles. It lost to the uh, to lost to the Dolphins, especially in the ways that they lost to them. Um, it wasn't a game without mistakes, but it, as you said, it, it was a blowout. Um, Cam Newton got benched for Jarrett Stidham at one point. It was just everything you wanted to see from this performance. And more, really. Um, we're going to get into it. We're going to break it down. Um, and let's just start right with the first drive. I mean, this first drive, it just reminded me of last week's first drive, right? Um, Jimmy, was short completions, checking it down. One thing I, you know, we messaged about and I said, you know, he checked it down to Debo when he needed to. And Debo with the ball in his hands, it's just, he's not a receiver, really. He just looks like a running back, used Kittle early. Um, and then the Jeff Wilson touchdown up the middle, First drive, it just felt as you messaged me during the game too easy. It, it was it was extremely easy. Uh, if you were watching that game on that first drive, I mean, they did whatever they wanted to do. Everything that they did on that on that first drive was forty nine er football. I mean, everything 
that they displayed there, whether it was running the ball, getting the ball into Kittle's hands, doing the, the the jet sweep reverse stuff, screen stuff. I mean, it was it was 49er football at its finest, and it worked to perfection all the way down the field. And it's like they didn't even break a sweat. And I'm sitting there thinking, wow, Kyle Shanahan just did that to a Bill Belichick defense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was it. That was it. It was just it was everything that I think we saw last week. Um and and more and and it worked and and straight after that the Niners get a good stop on on defense. Cam Newton tries to scramble a couple of times but struggles. Uh, but then when the Niners get the ball back, that that drive it does end in an interception. Uh, this was a poor throw for me. I mean, it was high, it was behind him, uh, and it seems to be just one of those things we see almost every game from Jimmy and and the the Patriots safety just seemed to be in the right position to then make the make the interception. Yeah, it was I mean, it was Jimmy's bad throw. He has he has one every week. He has to get it out of his system at some point. Fortunately for the 49ers, it always tends to be earlier rather than later. He doesn't really do those things with the game on the line, thankfully. Um but yeah, he he had one of his Jimmy oh no throws, his Jimmy his bad Jimmy moments rather. And uh you know, luckily it didn't really cost the Niners anything. Uh it was a, it was just a bad throw over the middle behind George Kittle, a little high little late. Um, but other than that, I mean, you can't really complain with Jimmy Garoppolo's performance. No, no, absolutely. Um, that pick was, yeah, that was the bad one. The other pick, I mean, I had no issue with it at all. The clock's, clock's expiring at the end of the half, throw it up there. A pick is as bad as an interception on that play. So that one doesn't really bother me. However, the, dr- the drive after that interception, the Niners get one of their own after trading field goals with the Patriots. And this would be one of four interceptions for the Niners defense that day. Three from Cam Newton and one from Jarrett Stidham. But this first one from Fred Warner, I mean, awful decision from Cam Newton. But just how impressed were you with the Niners' ability to take away the ball? I mean, they were in the right place at the right time throughout the entire ball game. They were the, the Patriots were unable to get anything going in this game, and and it's like we talked about in the the pregame pod. We weren't worried about the Patriots' outside receivers outside of Julian Edelman in the slot. We had no concerns, and it played out that way. I mean, Cam Newton really didn't do much of anything up against those uh, outside corners that the Niners have, and Jason Verrett and Emmanuel Mosley, Emmanuel Mosley, who also got one of those interceptions in this game and big, you know, big time shout out to Jamar Taylor coming up huge with two interceptions in big this time. game. That was the matchup that, that I was concerned about was mm-hmm. Julian Edelman and Jamar Taylor and Jamar Taylor shut me up and, and put out a really great <laughs> performance today. But yeah, the, the secondary was just everywhere. Fred Warner. I mean, the interception that he made and all the plays he made throughout that game, Fred Warner is the defensive player of the year in my book. So, Today was just a textbook 49er performance. Robert Solid, Kyle Shanahan. I mean, everybody just played up, you know, to their to their potential, coached up to their potential, and you saw the result. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Huge shout out, Jamar Taylor. And as you said, that was the matchup we were a little bit worried about. And he was covering Julian Edelman on both of those interceptions, but he was able to make some absolute plays, and you're right. He definitely shut us up. The next person I think we need to speak about. Um, for well, for both good and bad reasons. But how about Jeff Wilson Jr.? 17 carries, 112 rushing yards, and three touchdowns. But on the third touchdown, just like just as soon as it felt like the Niners had found their stop gap running back until Raheem Mostert comes back, 
Jeff Wilson Jr. hurts his ankle getting into the end zone for the third time. He didn't look too comfortable, I'll tell you that much. That it just felt like a it just felt like such a blow, didn't it? As soon as anybody seems to excel in this offense, they get hurt. You know, it felt like I got the wind knocked out of me when mm. I saw Jeff Wilson have to, you know, leave the game with that injury after the the day that he had. I mean, he was dominant, absolutely mm. dominant, and he's a guy uh, that we've talked about who's needed to get more carries. You know, we we like Jeff Wilson, and for some reason. They just don't really use them until they need to. And maybe that's just the plan. Maybe that's how Kyle Shanahan likes to do things and just make sure that he has certain guys ready to go in the event of emergency. But Jeff Wilson today, I mean, he could he, the way Jeff Wilson played in this game, he could start a running back for almost any team in, in football, the way mm-hmm. he played today. And, uh, yeah, him, him leaving the game was definitely a bad note. We'll, we'll see how long he's out for. But in my opinion, it can't. It doesn't really overshadow the day that he had. I mean, 112 yards and three touchdowns against a Bill Belichick defense. Wow. Jeff Wilson Jr., have yourself a day. Yeah, and I think what really stuck out to me about his performance was two things. One was his, his vision, right? His vision with the ball in his hands. The amount of times he was going laterally and he was able to make a cut back into a hole that was almost two yards behind him was incredible. But the other thing, and this is something I think we see a lot from Raheem Mostert, was his ability to get skinny through what really were small holes. There would be tiny gaps and you would he would cut back into them and I would think, oh, it's one of those where you expect him to not come out the other side. And he would, and and that was I thought that was really really good. That was a, that was an elite level play for sure. Um, now, even before his injury, this guy also got in on the action. But after the injury, he basically became the lead back, and this is somebody we called out to get more carries going into this game. And that was Jermichael Hasty, nine carries, fifty seven yards. So his yards per carry actually about the same as Jeff Wilson's. What did you make of Hasty's performance? Given that he actually got a bit more of the time we were hoping. You know, I really expected him to actually to be the main uh, beneficiary of Raheem Mostert's injury. I thought Jermichael Hasty had a chance to come into this game and start or at least get the bulk of the carries. And I was really surprised when we saw Jeff Wilson start this game. I said, whoa, that, that caught me off guard a little bit. Uh, you know, it wasn't even Jarek McKinnon that started the game. It was Jeff Wilson Jr. But, uh, you know, yeah, I thought Jermichael Hasty was going to come into this game and, and really, you know, cement himself going forward. And, yeah, he had a great game and everything. I'm not taking anything away from Jermichael Hasty. I was just really surprised at how the, the touches shaped up. Shaped up. But uh, Jermichael Hasty came in, did his thing. He runs really hard. His mm-hmm. jump cuts are absolutely yes. nasty. And, uh, I mean, they're, they're, they're disgustingly nasty. Like, <laughs> I, I watch him make his jump cuts and shake defenders out of their shoes. And I'm just sitting there with this look on my face like, oh, my God, he just did that to him. Wow. But uh, Jermichael Hasty and Tony Romo said it on the broadcast kind of has some Marshawn Lynch to his game. And I, and I don't disagree with that. And uh, considering the Niners play the Seahawks next week, and I know we're going to talk about that, that whole game, you know, in another episode, but uh, it's kind of fitting because it's looking like Jermichael Hasty might end up being the starter next week. If Jeff Wilson misses time, which I would expect him to based on uh, the reactions of him leaving the game. Yeah, I, I definitely see that, um, that comparison. I see that in him. Um, and, and I think look, there's somebody we've got to talk about in all of this, you know, in all of this running back commotion. And that is Jarrett McKinnon. I mean, just three carries, lost one yard across those three carries. 
I don't know what's what's up with him. There's clearly he's clearly not right because Shanahan didn't get him the carries at all to even show what was up, what you know, what he could do. But for me, he just he just didn't he didn't look up to speed, and I think we saw that again last week as well. Is is this just how McKinnon is now post injury? If he just haven't got that same speed, that same burst, um, and and if so, is this probably maybe the last? Do do we even see McKinnon again after this year? I mean, to say anything about after this season's premature, in my opinion, we got to let everything play out, but. It's not looking good, and it's kind mm. of strange how the first four games of the year he was kind of a focal point of the offense, or at least he was really getting uh, you know some touches, and he was making the most of it. He was scored touchdowns in the first four games of the season, mm. and now all of a sudden it's almost like he's in that Matt Breida doghouse mm. of, of last year that we saw. And it, it, I don't know why. I don't know what happened. The only thing that I can even think of is you know last week and this week the Niners carried the ball a matching 37 times. They're really trying to cement their ground game, get back to 49er football, and they want to run it hard. Jarek McKinnon's not the kind of guy that's going to run it between the tackles and and really stick his foot in the ground and run really hard and get upfield and go. He's a guy that wants to dance around. He's a guy that uh, uses his speed, uses his agility, and is a great receiver out of the backfield, but he's not in the mold of, you know, Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson Jr., Jermichael Hasty, where they're gonna he's gonna pound the ball the way Kyle Shanahan wants to. So maybe it's just more of a philosophical thing with Jarek McKinnon right now. Mm-hmm. I think because they're really trying to assert their dominance, running the football, and get back to doing what made them so you know imposing last year. That's that's my only guess. Yeah, no, you got a good point, and may, maybe it is premature to say anything past this season. But for me, the only thing I think of is if you looked going into this season and maybe if you even looked past game two and you'd have told me there would be a game where there's no Raheem Mostert, there's no Tevin Coleman, Jeff Wilson had 17 carries and then left the game and Jack McKinnon still isn't getting carries. I mean, that that for me is not a good sign long term. If there's ever a time where he should be getting some carries at all, it was, you know, it was the back end of this game. And so that for me is a little bit worrying. But the next person I want to talk about, and this is somebody who you projected to have a big game, and they definitely delivered with a team high 115 receiving yards from six catches, and that's Brandon Ayuk. I thought he looked incredible. He had one of the game's longest catches. What did you make of his performance? I mean, I don't want to say I told you so, <laughs> but I but I told you so. Brandon Ayuk went out there and abused the corners that they put in front of him uh, that were not Stefan Gilmore. And I expected it. It made sense going into that game. And Brandon Ayuk really just kind of blossomed before our eyes today. He looks silky smooth out there running his routes. He, he just has a feel for the position as a rookie that I haven't seen in a 49 uniform in a really long time. And he's already has, you know, he already has a really good rapport with Jimmy Garoppolo. He's, Easily the 49ers' best downfield weapon at wide receiver. You can already see that. Mm-hmm. And just I'm so happy to see it because it's been a long time since we've seen a guy like Brandon Ayuk in a, in a Niner outfit. So hell of a game from him. Uh, I'm not really shocked or surprised because I did predict it before the game. But uh, I'm definitely encouraged, and I, and I want to see more of it going forward. I mean, now that we've seen it, 
there's no excuse not to incorporate him the same way going forward. I mean, you need to get this guy involved and you see what he can do. So get the ball in his hands and, and let him make plays, get him down the field and, and let him be the receiver that he, that he is. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny, you know, I, I remember you saying you thought that Gilmore was shadow Debo didn't look like that happened a whole month, but the only time it looked like Gilmore was shadowing, he was shadowing George Kittle which I suppose did play a little bit into what Belichick's saying in which he didn't want to let Kittle beat them. I mean, Kittle still had himself a a good day, you know, five catches, 55 yards. Um, But I think it definitely seemed like when I saw Gilmore starting to follow Kittle, I I, I know that almost is them trying to take away the Niners' best, um, the biggest threat. But that made me, I thought that was, at that point, I was like, okay, the Niners have got a bit of an edge here. Um, because you're taking your your best corner and putting him on a uh, putting him on a tight end that if you still want to throw that underneath too, he's probably still going to make the catch and just use his body. So I thought that was a bit tough. But the next bit I want to talk about, and this is the bit I was worried about, and that was Cam Newton's rushing ability. Now, as we suspected, just like in the Cardinals game and in the other games on the designed runs, the Niners absolutely shut him down. But what we what was more impressive was. He didn't scramble a whole lot, but in his total five carries, only 19 yards, and the Niners just looked absolutely ready to shut him down. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Absolutely. I mean, we talked about it in the pregame pod. I brought it up that I wasn't worried about the unpredictability factor with Cam Newton. It's not the same as it is for a guy like Russell Wilson or, or Kyler Murray, who's just quicker and, and able to, you know, evade guys and, and make something out of nothing when the play breaks down. Cam Newton's a bigger guy. It takes a lot more for him to get going. And really, I mean, he's almost like a, like a fullback or a running back out there. He's, it's, you know, he needs blockers in front of him. He's not just going to take off and run on you. He's not Cam Newton rookie year 2011, you know, Cam Newton. He's a guy that has wear and tear on the tires He's a guy who is getting over the coronavirus. You know, he's still probably dealing with some effects from that. And he is not the same athlete that he used to be. So I wasn't worried about Cam Newton really breaking down the integrity of the Niners defense and, you know, scrambling and making plays out there. And, And, you know, I was proven right. The Niners defense locked him down. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? You mentioned fullbacks. Let's talk about fullbacks just for a little bit because I thought Carl Juszczyk had himself an absolute day. I don't just mean carrying the ball. Of course, he scored a rushing touchdown and converted a number of key third downs. He also had an incredible fingertip catch on a slant route. But, I mean, just the way he attacked the game blocking-wise was an absolute joy to watch. He had some incredible cut blocks and... You know what, Jeff Wilson and Jermichael Hasty, I think, oh, Carl Juszczyk a beer for some of the runs that they were able to spring that were a product of Carl Juszczyk's blocking. What did you think? I mean, you can't ever under understate the impact that Kyle Juszczyk has on a 49er football game. He he does everything well, 
and he's just a selfless guy. He he goes out there and he can you know block play after play after play and not get the ball in his hands one time. And you're never going to hear a word out of Kyle Juszczyk. He just goes out there and does his job and does it better than any other fullback in the NFL. And uh, it was a hell of a game from Kyle Juszczyk today. I mean, I was any anytime they get the ball in his hands, I'm happy because I'm a big fan of, of Kyle Juszczyk and what he does, man. And he's just another fullback in a long line of 49ers, you know, great fullbacks. And uh, watching Kyle Juszczyk do what he does in 2020 when fullbacks are really not uh, as popular as they once were, it, it, it's it's fun to see, man. It's fun to see what Kyle Juszczyk can do, especially as versatile as he is. He's not just some guy that you put in the eye formation and he's just going to, you know, block a guy into oblivion. He, he can do it all. Mm. And watching him is just really fun and i'm i'm really glad that we get to see him out there every sunday absolutely absolutely final player on the offense that we need to talk about for both again like wilson good and bad reasons debo samuel i thought he had a great game as we said he was utilized in a check down quite a lot they used him in this in this um in the screen game um a lot of swing routes uh, and he was able to just put his head down and he was just finishing plays um however Late in the game, he did leave the game with a hamstring injury. Just like Wilson's one, he did not look comfortable at all, almost immediately, as soon as the play was over. I mean, the Niners were without Debo to start the season, and and I felt like it was definitely noticeable, the difference in the team. How much is this a worry? I mean, it feels like this season, we should almost be used to this many injuries to star players, but it still feels like it hurts just the same every time. I mean, the game that Debo Samuel had today against the Patriots, it, it was he, – he might not have had an amazing statistical game, but if you watched just how punishing he was when he was carrying the ball and lowering his shoulder, nobody on the New England Patriots, and quite frankly, probably nobody on any defense across the league, wants to tackle Debo Samuel. That guy is a load coming at you as strong as they come – and he enjoys the contact. He enjoys lowering his shoulder into guys. I mean, I heard him at one point in the game uh, when he was by one of the referees who had their mics on after he lowered his shoulder into a defender. Debo starts laughing. And the game the game was already well out of hand, and, and they knew it. You know, Debo knew it. The team knew it. And Debo's out there still just trucking guys and laughing about it. That's the kind of player that you have in Debo Samuel. And he really just – personifies what what they want to do on offense they want to be physical they want to have the ability to make plays you know in in a finesse way if you will or you know as a receiver a skill guy but at the end of the day it's all about being tough and that's what Debo Samuel is and yeah him getting hurt I mean I mean obviously it sucks obviously it's a bummer hopefully it's nothing long term but uh I mean at, at this point like you said you know we got almost expected at this point. That's what 2020 49ers football is. And quite frankly, that's what 49ers football has been since Kyle Shanahan took over. Injuries are just part of the game with, with Kyle Shanahan and, and his staff. I don't know what it is, but since they've taken over, excuse me, since they've taken over, the injuries are every single year are just unreal in, in the amount of injuries that this team has. And hopefully the guys that left today are back soon. But uh, yeah, at this point, man, it's just you, you go into a game and you think, you think, okay, who's getting hurt today? Mm. You know, that's just that's just how it is. 
Yeah, it is, it's really tough to see, um, especially as you mentioned, you know, that big game against Seattle coming up. Debo, you know, last season had some very good games against Seattle. So hopefully the uh, hopefully the Niners have him back or it's probably unlikely given the way he left the game. But I think we all just hope it isn't long term given the injuries that the Niners have got at the moment. Um, let's talk about the defensive side of the ball. Um, notably, the Niners were without starting safeties, Chukoski Tart and Jimmy Ward. They were filled in by Tavarius Moore and Marcel Harris. What did you make of their standing performances? Yeah, I mean, when we when we recorded the pregame pod, we didn't know mm-hmm. that Jimmy Ward and Jukowski Tart would be available in this game. And so that was uh, an alarming thing heading into the weekend. And I was worried, but, uh, you know, they, they, those guys stepped in and they really made plays. I mean, like we talked about in the pregame pod, we weren't, wor- weren't uh, worried about Cam Newton throwing the ball vertically down the field. And so it was going to be up to the safeties to – come down and make plays in the run game, in the short passing game, and ultimately, you know, coming up to help stop Cam Newton when he tried to run. Mm-hmm. And they did that. I mean, I saw both safeties come up several times on on plays and, uh, you know, make, make some big stops and help out in the run game. So they did their job. They weren't really tested vertically too much. And so that um, will definitely change next week against the Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson, uh, assuming that, Ward and Tart don't play, but you know I'm not reporting anything. I don't know anything. That I'm just you know <laughs> if we go into that that game next week, those same two starting safeties in Tar- Tarvarius Moore and Marcel Harris, then yeah, those guys are going to get tested next week. They didn't really get tested in this game, so it, it's it's kind of a, a rough thing to look at. Like you can't really judge those guys too harshly because they weren't tested in this one. Yeah, it will be a completely different scenario when they face Russell Wilson and receivers like Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. I mean, it is going to be a completely different um, whole game plan. That's for sure. Um, looking at the NFC West. I let's, mean, just, let's just hope, let's just hope that uh, Jimmy Ward and Joukowsky Tartar back next week. I mean, oh, yeah. the Niners need all hands on they can get in that game uh, up against Seattle next week for sure. Yeah, it's going to be a rough one. And, and as we record, uh, the Seahawks are getting ready to face the Cardinals in a divisional matchup on Sunday night football. Um, no matter what the result in that game, actually, or Monday night football, uh, going into next week, every team in the NFC West will have a winning record. This is clearly, this is a great division, the best division in the NFL. Uh, and look, the Niners sitting there now, you know, with the, with the record they've got, I mean, it's going to be tough in this division, but you've got to feel like if if the Niners can get things together and play like they've played in the past two games, is the playoffs back on the cards? Absolutely. I mean, the way the Niners are playing right now, if they can just keep that up and, and keep guys, you know, off the, the injury carts, mm. they can play with anybody. And you're seeing that right now. I mean, they've just dismantled the... New England Patriots, who, yeah, they're struggling this year. Yeah, it's a new season without Tom Brady and whatnot. But they're still a Bill Belichick coach team, and they're still a team that took Seattle to the limit a couple of weeks back up in Seattle, and the Niners took care of the Patriots today. And then they beat the Rams a week ago. So the the Niners can play with anybody. And, you know, of course, division games are always typically pretty close. So I would expect the Niners to contend with Seattle next week, if not, you know, beat them. I, I I expect the 49ers to go into Seattle and, uh, you know, at, at least 
you know, contend with them. They're not going to get blown out. They're going to play in that game. And I wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me if they come out of there with a win. It, that's how good this team is and how well coached that they are despite all the injuries. So uh, I expect the 49ers at this point with their record, the way that it is and the way that they've bounced back to be in playoff contention. You know, what do you think, Jacob? I think so. I think so. I mean, it's a, it's a tough division. Uh, however, I think the win against the Rams is big because I think the Cardinals are good. Don't get me wrong, but I think the Niners and Rams are a little bit better than the Cardinals. And I think that wild card race ultimately will come down between the Rams and the Niners. And I think that wild card, um, sorry, that tiebreaker could prove really, really important, as could the one with the Cardinals if they are still around there. But when you look around the rest of the NFC, and remember, we've got three wild card teams this year. But it looks like whoever doesn't win the division in the NFC South between the Saints and the Bucks will get a wild card spot. The NFC East will have no wild card spot, and if it had my way, it wouldn't even have a playoff team. The NFC North looks like the Bears should, if they don't win the division, whoever doesn't win the divisions out of the Packers and the Bears could get a wild card spot. Although it wouldn't fully surprise me if the Bears did fall off. They've, I think, they've had some lucky games. And so really, you're looking at one, at the very most, two teams from the NFC West could make it in there. And so it's going to be tight. But I think if the Niners, the way they're playing right now, they're going to be right in there. And I think it could all come down to those final two games of the season where they face the Cardinals and then the Seahawks in weeks 16 and 17. I think those games are going to make the difference. And it's so funny because remember after the Dolphins game, when we said, is the season over? And you said, like, what game? What's the next game that the Niners could realistically win? <laughs> and and thankfully, they've come in and they've absolutely shut us up by winning two on the bounce. But I think this, this, this is the, the game against the Rams was a real turning point in the season, not just for the um, Niners, for the offense, but for Jimmy G. I think the, the two game plans in these two games have been exactly what he needed. And I think you're absolutely right that this game against the Seahawks will be tight. And I think we might end up in a situation as we did last season where the ball might have to go back into Jimmy's hands against a good defense to see what he can do. And I think these two games have been about building him back up for him to be ready when it gets to that spot. Absolutely. And and heading into that Seahawks game, I mean, the Seahawks defense is like historically bad. They've been atrocious this year. So it could be a huge Jimmy G game in yeah. that one. But let me let me pose this question to you, Jacob, as we're recording this pod a few minutes before kickoff of Sunday night football between the Cardinals and the Seahawks. Would you rather have the Cardinals beat Seattle and then give the Niners a chance to give Seattle another loss next week? Or would you rather have Seattle beat Arizona tonight and, uh, you know, it gives the Niners some more ground in the division there? Which, which way would you want that to shake out? Man, that's a tough one. It's a really tough one. I think, I think if we're looking at this realistically, the division title is out of reach. I think that at this point, that's not what the Niners or any team in, in this division is fighting for. And so I think it would make the most sense <laughs> – you might never hear those these words out of my mouth again. I think it would make the most sense for us to want Seattle to win. Um, because I think the Niners are in tighter contention with Arizona than they are Seattle. 
And so I think if you can get a loss on Arizona's record, they'll go to four and three, the same as the Niners. Um, and I think that is more important than having a, a five and two Cardinals team and a five, and then a five and one Seattle team. I don't know. What, who are you cheering on or cheering against is maybe the right phrase. <laughs> you know, if I'm, if I'm talking logically, I, I'm, I'm with you in, fact that Arizona needs to lose, but you will never, ever <laughs> hear me root for the Seahawks to win any goddamn game. It's not happening. So as far as I'm concerned tonight, go Cardinals. I, I am not ever going to root for Seattle. And, and you've got to look at it like this. If Seattle loses tonight and the Niners win next week in Seattle, that puts two straight losses on the Seahawks record and the Niners would be uh, five and three. Mm-hmm. So the Niners would be right on the Seattle's heels if Seattle loses two straight games. So you, you can look at it, you know, whichever way you want. But for me, sitting on my couch watching this game tonight, hey, go Kyler Murray. <laughs> i tell you what, though. If that happens and you end up with a what would be then a five and two Seattle team, a five and three Niners team, uh, a five and two, or uh, well, an either six and two or five and three Cardinals team, and if the Rams get the win on Monday night, and then possibly next week, you could be looking at a division with two six and two teams, a five and two and a five and three, which would be ridiculous. And you're, you're also looking at the 49ers right back in contention for the NFC West title. It's true. This is true. This is very very true. Oh, how I would love for the division title to come down to a week 17 Seahawks game again. <laughs> I would love that. So, you, you know, that's what the NFL wants. So know. You, you know, that's what the NFL wants. And, and so let me just tell you, sometimes it pays off to, to look at things totally biased. I don't want Seattle to win ever. So uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm rooting for the Cardinals tonight. You know, I'm, rooting for, I'm rooting for Arizona tonight. And uh, I'll, I'll be cheering like I'm a damn Cardinal fan watching this one. <laughs> i tell you what, either way, it's going to be a great game. I think all of these, every divisional game in this NFC West this season is just on paper, it's going to be a great game. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing it regardless. But any final thoughts on the Pats game before we, uh, before we sign off? I mean, what a beatdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't recall the last time I saw the Patriots get a beatdown like that put on them. I can't recall the last time I saw the 49ers impose their will like that. I know you could quickly point to the two playoff games a year ago, but this one just felt different to me. I don't know. Those those games I wasn't entirely sold on until the second half. This game, you knew the game was over before halftime. And it was it was unreal. Niners traveled across the country to New England and, you know, Kyle Shanahan outcoached Bill Belichick. Think about that. Like this this game is so much more than just a win. Like it, it's a confidence booster for the entire team. You saw them on the field. They 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 got back to playing 49er football. They were having fun out there. And Kyle Shanahan outcoached Bill Belichick. That's huge. I mean, no better person to hand Bill Belichick his biggest home loss ever than Jimmy G and Kyle Shanahan. I got to feel good there for Jimmy G. This game, I reckon, meant a lot to him. And I, I know it, he never really said anything to, to kind of indicate it, but I think deep down, this game meant a lot to him. 
So that was a great way for us to, uh, for them to end it uh, and for Jimmy G to get a little bit of revenge. Uh, and same for Carl Shanahan, a little bit of revenge from the old, uh, from the old 28-3 Super Bowl. Um, but as we've mentioned, next week, Seattle, we're going to come back at you with a preview pod later in the week, breaking down all of that game. And I, for one, cannot wait to get into that. Seattle week is always a great week. But for now, we're going to sign off. Make sure you check out all the socials. If you're on Twitter or Instagram, it's at 49ers Brawl. Facebook is 49ers Brawl Podcast. You can follow myself on Twitter at JBB Football, and you can follow JD at Hawkhader TV. And remember, whether you're a fan of the Niners, the NFL, or any sport, the Network.com is the place to be. They've got podcasts, articles, video content, all manner of content, no matter what sport you're into or what team you follow. That is the place, so make sure you go check it out. But for the four and three San Francisco 49ers, back with a winning record just the way we like it. JBB and JD signing off for the 49ers ball. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.